Good morning. When I was a sophomore in college and began my coursework in organic chemistry, I had to choose between two faculty members. One professor had you learn the material using rote memory. The other professor specifically focused his teaching style on ensuring the student learn the meaning of the material and would grasp an understanding of how it all interconnected. This wise Jesuit professor knew that rote memory remains isolated from other knowledge, but it's helpful in certain instances. But meaningful learning brings something new into our cognitive structure and attaches and builds upon existing knowledge. It seems that this was the teaching style Jesus used as well, even though he was a Jewish rabbi, who, like all other rabbis, grew up memorizing the first five books of the Bible. It was pure rote memory of the laws which provided the foundational teachings of all rabbis. But for Jesus, there was more. That is why earlier on in Matthew, during the Sermon on the Mount, we hear Christ say that he has come not to abolish the laws, but to show everyone a new way to live. So without throwing out the Ten Commandments, he gave us the richer and deeper Beatitudes. So for the past months, we've heard gospel stories of Jesus on the road with his disciples, healing and preaching and teaching. They walked with him and lived with him and witnessed his new way of living. So halfway through his ministry, Jesus seemingly decides to give his disciples a midterm test containing only one question. But in preparation for the test, we hear in this morning's gospel that he has taken his disciples on a 25-mile hike north from the Sea of Galilee to the foothills of Mount Hermon, to the region of Caesarea Philippi. And the key question is, why the hike? Well, it would seem that this one question was so important that Jesus wanted to set the stage by bringing his disciples to that region due to its physical geography as well as its political significance. For one of the most prominent pieces of landscape in all of Israel is the massive wall of rock at Caesarea Philippi. It is upon this sheer cliff, well over 100 feet high, that the city was built. In 14 AD, Caesar Augustus died, and around the time of Christ's ministry, the marble temple was enlarged and rededicated by King Philip to honor Caesar, who had considered himself a god. It was during those times and throughout the years that hundreds of people would carve niches into the side of the cliff for their pagan god statues so they could be worshipped. But the opening line of today's gospel clearly states that Christ took them to the region of Caesarea Philippi, but not into the city. And the reason has to do with one's viewpoint. You see, Christ was looking for the perfect backdrop to make his point, to ask his question. And the only way this enormous rock formation can be seen is for the viewer to be outside and below the city. For if you were in the actual city, all you would be able to see is the view from the top of the rock. Your viewpoint would be one of power and control, and you would miss seeing the rock itself. You would miss the whole point. Now, can you better envision the setting of today's gospel? It seems clear that Jesus took his disciples on a 25-mile journey in order to make a point. With his massive rock in the background, with a marble temple that honors an earthly emperor sitting atop it, and niches to pagan gods carved in the side, Christ asks his one question. So, who do people say that I am? 
Did they see him as just another one of those gods being honored with a temple? Was he simply just another god to be idolized with a niche in the wall? You can almost see the disciples shuffle their feet as they begin to answer him. Well, some say you're Elijah, and others are saying John the Baptist. But then Christ cuts right to the chase as he pins the disciples down and asks, But who do you say that I am? Can you imagine the look on their faces? Christ standing before a backdrop of a temple to Caesar, with a massive rock wall honoring false gods, looking them in the face and asking them, Who am I? Just another one of those gods? You've walked with me, listened to me, watched me heal the sick and feed the hungry. Have you figured it out? Reach inside yourself and tell me, who am I? And it is Simon who steps forward with the answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And with that ten-story high rock in the background, Jesus looks at Simon and calls him Kephas, Aramaic for rock, translated in Greek as Petros, or Peter. And it is Christ who proclaims it is upon Peter, that Kephas, that human rock, that he will build his church. And look at who Christ chose. Peter? A rock? A shaky rock, perhaps at best. It was Peter who lost his faith and began to sink in the waters as he answered the call of Christ to walk on the water. It was Peter who we hear next weekend is admonished by Christ and called Satan. Peter, weed and wheat, is called rock, and is called to be a rock, to be a foundation that Christ will use to build this church. So how does this all relate to our lives today? The same scene that we heard described today in the gospel is played out in each and every day with all of us. We all have our Caesarea Philippi's. It begins with the walls that hold up what we worship. Maybe it's our work, our drink, our food, our toys, our image, our egos. It's all the things that we hold near and dear, but are simply empty falsehoods. And Christ comes to each of us, with our weeds growing from within our wheat, carrying the same faults and indiscretions found in Peter, and asks you and me the same question. Who do you say that I am? But before we answer that question, we need to know who we are. And the answer is right there in the Gospel. Upon this kephas, Christ will build his church. But notice, it's a church with a small c, not a capital C. Remember, Christ was not a Catholic. Christ was a Jew. He did not come to necessarily start a new religion or build large cathedrals. But rather, Christ came to teach a new way for an ecclesia, an assembly of people, you and me, a church to live and to love as God loves. Pope Francis, during his first major interview, said he dreams of a church that is a mother and a shepherdess, that we need to be a people who find new roads and reaches out and is merciful and loving to others. You see, we all have a role. We are all various forms of rock with various talents and gifts. We are like the seeds scattered on fertile soil, which yields wheat as well as weeds. We are like the yeast hidden and growing in the dough. And all of us are called to be part of the church. We who are the body of Christ. We whom Christ dwells within. We who are being called to open ourselves to God's love versus living lives focused on what we love. So Jesus continues to ask us, Who do you say that I am? And where does the answer come from? Look at Peter. 
His answer did not come from years of Catholic education. It was not taken from rote memory of church doctrine, dogma, or encyclicals. We are told that it was revealed to him by God. In short, it came from within. It is Paul in his letter to the Romans who tells us that it is God who touches our spirit, confirms who we really are, so that we may know him and know ourselves. And it is this internal revelation that clicked with Peter, even with all his imperfections. One could even say it was because of his imperfections. Peter opened himself up to the flow of God's love, the revelation of this indwelling. God simply waits for each of us to be open to this gift, waits for us to walk away from the pagan gods in our lives, waits for us to walk away from our Caesarea flip eyes, our false rocks, and to simply be a true Kephas like Peter. My sisters and brothers, as disciples we are called not to be perfect, but to be part of a growing and nurturing foundation that Christ can use to build the church, an ecclesia, a community that loves as God loves, that forgives as God forgives. And in doing so, see who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. For only then will our eyes be open to the love of the one who truly is the Son of the living God.